Well, and that's when breakthroughs happen, right? It's not until we get so uncomfortable that we don't want to continue in this circumstance or in this moment or in this way anymore that we create change because change is hard, right? We all, uh, we're humans, we're creatures of habit. And so the idea of change is extremely difficult. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Beautiful and True Project podcast. I'm Jennifer Cox, and I'm hoping to discover how people, all kinds of people, create lives of purpose and meaning. Each episode, I talk to someone who seems to be managing to do it, from artists to salespeople to homemakers to pastors to entrepreneurs. You'll hear their stories of joy and triumph and also fears and failures. Because creating a life that is right for you requires your whole self. That's a theme I'm hearing over and over in these conversations. My guest today is Erin Atari. If her last name sounds familiar, it's because her husband Jerry was one of my very first guests way back when this was a baby podcast. I wanted to talk to Erin right now because she's smack in the middle of a huge leap in her life, having just left a corporate job to be an entrepreneur and her own boss. Let me tell you about Erin. Erin is that rare combination of dreamer and doer. She and I have long discussions about business and marketing and what it means to be an entrepreneur or how to live with an entrepreneurial spirit. Erin is a force of positivity always searching for ways to keep her spirits buoyant and her eyes focused on the horizon. It's a trait I love her dearly for, and I wish I had more of it myself. I'm working on it. And she's always, always trying to bring people along with her. She always has a handout to pull you up, always a supportive word, and a constant belief in your capacity to do great things. It's humbling. And sometimes annoying. I don't always want to believe in my capacity to do great things because then I may have to do them. And that's scary. (laughs) When she hears that, I know Erin will burst out with her big, loveling cackle because she knows how it is. I think you'll love her as much as I do. Here we go. Hi, Erin. Hi, Jen. I am so excited to be talking to you today. Same here. It's a little gray out, which is dampening my spirits a little bit. How are your spirits? You're always in good spirits. What am I talking about? (laughs) I've done a lot of work, Jen, to really focus on kind of not relying on external um, factors to impact like mood stuff. So I, I think, yeah, it's a good thing to try to Focus on the positive for sure. You are the queen of that. And every time I start to get even a little bit negative, you're like, oh, but what are your dreams? <laughs> what, how, how can we empower you? And then you send me three links to empowering speakers and inspirational books. And it's one of the things that I treasure about you. <laughs> even when in the moment, I'm a little bit like, I don't want inspiration right now. <laughs> Oh, dear listener, you're learning something about me. I am not always beautiful or true. (laughs) So I wanted to talk with you because this podcast has pivoted a little bit, and I'm really interested in talking to people who are kind of actively creating their own lives. Mm -hmm. 
And I wanted to talk to you at this juncture in your life because you just made a tremendous leap. Mm -hmm. Would you tell that story a little bit and start it however far back you want? You can start in your childhood if you like. But <laughs> but but definitely make it to make it to this huge leap that I know you're super excited about. Oh, thank you. And I'm just so honored to be here, Jen. I, I love watching you grow in your passion too. Like that is something that just makes my heart happy, finding people who find their passion and go for it, right? Because that's what life is all about. Um, and I think that you're right. I have had this journey over the past, I would say, two years in launching my business. Um, before that, I really thought life was all about relationships and family and have been blessed to have a, a great husband and two you know, amazing girls. And um, just relationships are always important to me. So I think that in terms of what's beautiful and true for me, it's always been a foundation in who are those connections? Where am I spending my time? Who am I living my life with, et cetera? And so I felt like my personal life was going well in that regard. And um, what was lacking for me was really just a passion in my work. So um, for over 15 years, I've been in corporate America and it's been great for our family financially, but I just felt like I was going to this job day in, day out and not really not really enjoying it, not really feeling like I was making a difference, not really feeling challenged. I was good at it and it was a comfortable salary and other things, but really just to go in and out of life, that's kind of not what you want to do, right? And I know so many of us probably relate to the idea of just showing up for a paycheck and you do what you can to contribute, but not feeling like you are doing what you're meant to do. And I think that, um, you know, two years ago, I met someone who was very pivotal in my life, this woman, Kara Valentine, who was the founder of Threads Worldwide, which is a social impact business. She shared her story of traveling and seeing poverty up close and seeing mamas choosing which child eats for the day and women living in the sex trade, et cetera, to um, make an income and, and meeting her and learning what's possible through this work. Um, I signed up and I thought it'd be a part-time thing. And now two years in, I have just fallen in love with the mission and the artisan partners and the sisterhood. And so, yeah, to your point, last week was my last day in corporate America and I've launched, woohoo, woo yes. And I'm taking two weeks off to just do me and catch up with all the life stuff, right? Because we do all the things as women, I feel like. And I'm really creating this life for me, allowing, you know, more time with my family, creating my own hours, a flexible schedule while making an impact and feeling like I'm truly doing what I was kind of born to do, which is make a difference and make connections. And so I'm so grateful for this journey. And you've been a huge part of it, Jen. I know we've had many conversations along the way, and you've always been such a amazing source of support and encouragement. And I, um, I'm celebrating with you because this is exciting. We did this together. You are giving me far, far too much credit. <laughs> but uh, right back at you, because at the moment when I was thinking I wasn't sure if I wanted to do this podcast anymore, you and I had a really tough conversation actually about what a future might look like and what I was really passionate about. And it helped me to rethink this and to 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 make this pivot and now i'm really excited again mm -hmm. about it and i i it, yeah so our conversations have been a blessing for me as well and jen i don't think we're alone i the more people i talk to the more people i realize i think oftentimes in life we settle without realizing we're settling right when we're kids we're told yeah. we can do whatever we want to do and dream big and do all these things and then life happens and you get busy and you do the stuff and you find something that pays your bills and um, you kind of forget to really focus on what brings you joy in life and finding a way that that can bring in income so you can live on that too, right, when possible. But 
Um, I think we're probably not alone in that. I've heard it described as a Japanese concept, but I've also heard it as the Jim Collins hedgehog. What are you passionate about? What can you be the best in the world at? And uh, what will people pay you for? Nice. Where did you meet Kara, this woman who changed your life? Yeah. So my friend Anna um, from grad school, you might actually know her. She invited me to, um, uh, you know, go drink some wine and shop jewelry. That's how she described it. And and uh, I said, absolutely, I'm in. And we showed up at uh, some woman's house. And I'm like, is this an in-home party? Like, what is happening here? That was just not kind of what I was into at the time. And, and luckily, Anna drove that evening because I probably would have left, to be quite frank. Really? Yeah. No. Just, Are you serious? I'm legit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just... Home parties kind of, you know, you feel like it's uh, the stereotype that I've experienced in the past is you kind of go to these parties, you listen to like a pitch and, you know, you're expected to buy some stuff. And I just want to drink wine and hang out with my friends. So, so Kara was trying to launch, um, she had opened threads a couple of years ago and, um, and in the Denver area in Colorado, but wanted to expand into Chicago. So she had a, a trip, um, like did an event in Chicago, which is what I attended. It was an in-home gathering. And okay, ho- yeah, hold up one second. Tell me about Threads itself. Because so far, like, I mean, I know, but for the listener, I think they're like, okay, it's jewelry. It's also social impact. Mm-hmm. So what is, what is it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Threads is a social impact business. And so we create life-changing work for women around the world through the, the sale of fair trade artisan jewelry. So we partner with cooperatives in eight developing countries and women overseas make stunning pieces out of things like recycled paper and bullet shell casings and women in the States look beautiful and feel good knowing their purchase um, provides opportunities for women worldwide and our artisan partners benefit because they use the income to you know, not choose which child eats for the day and send their kids to school and escape alternative work like begging on the street. It's um, truly life-changing stuff. So really powerful. All right. Thank you. And um, I, w- I will get back to this in a minute. But so your story, you went to this house party yeah. <laughs> and you were expecting you were expecting to drink wine and hang out with your friends. And all of a sudden you're like, all right, now I'm expected to buy stuff. I got... I got tricked into this. Absolutely. <laughs> that's happened to me. I suspect that's happened to many of us mm-hmm. uh, in the world. But so why? What was what happened? What was different about this? Yeah, absolutely. So I literally started out in the corner just drinking, you know, the bottle hanging out over there, right? Uh, with my friend. And then um, we just opened it up for conversation. And Kara just kind of started talking a little bit about the company and their mission. And we have these family values and there was just a lot of things happening in the world that were really negative and um, kind of heart-wrenching, right? So children in cages and just all of these things that really hurt your heart in a lot of different ways. And Kara talked about how the work that they do uh, really works to build a brighter world, like by creating foundational change with women in different opportunities. And she was so passionate. She showed, shared her personal story of why she felt that she was kind of privileged a little bit in life and why when she visited um, and saw extreme poverty up close with her friends, why she felt compelled to not just come home and return to what, you know, she her normal life looked like, but like really felt uh, passionate about making a difference. And you could just feel that in her. Like you ever been around people who just have this energy where you just know that they're meant for great things and you want to be a part of whatever it is that they're doing. Um, and that was her. Like she just gave off this energy of, of hope and healing. And she had this passion to 
change the world and nothing was going to stop her. And I just wanted more of that in my life. You know, I wanted to be surrounded by badass women who want to uh, do some good stuff. So um, I didn't expect to join, but I decided to, uh, to join. And I think it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Absolutely. Well, clearly, because two years later, you left your job to pursue this full time. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> and I know, so I, I know a lot of people, including myself, who have, you know, gotten involved. My parents did Amway way back when. Mm-hmm. I did I did Arbonne for about five seconds. Um, I keep asking this. How? What What makes this, this one different? Because I remember once upon a time, you tried out Mary Kay as well, right? <laughs> And I may cut this part, but but I just I just I just suddenly had this flashback. I was like, wait a minute, yes. So, what about this is different from those kinds of experiences? Yeah, so I think a lot of those types of companies are successful because women can have their own flexible schedule, earn an income, do all these things. But for me, with differentiated threads, because I had zero interest in going into sales or direct sales, all those things, it's really the mission. It didn't feel like sales when I was at that event, right? We were drinking wine, we were talking about world events, and then shopping jewelry, but in a way that was doing good in the world, right? So like, what pieces can I purchase that are helping provide opportunities for women? So for me, I don't see myself as a a salesperson or um, in that light, but more of just sharing a mission, like working to get people to help deepen our impact um, through spreading the word and sharing stories of our artisan partners. So I think that to me was the fundamental difference was knowing that this, you know, any um, purchases really create sustainable work for women around the world who, who benefit in these really important ways. It sounds like we're talking about is the why. Mm -hmm. And you and I have had this conversation before about how important the why is because yes, you get, you, you want flexibility you wanted out of corporate America, you wanted more time with your family, um, all of these things. But that's not ultimately what turned the corner for you. It was the why. Because I I know you as a human who is always interested in trying to pursue your own dreams and helping others pursue theirs. And you're using this phrase all the time now, which I just love, which is empowered women, empower women. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm getting at is that that this is this is the why. Mm-hmm. And the more I talk to people about specifically about creating lives, the more it all it seems to come back to they always have a very powerful, strong purpose. Is anything I've said so far inaccurate, or does it feel like no, she's about way off base? No, that that's absolutely true. Everything that you're saying makes sense. I think the, the why is what drives us, right? So I, I knew I wanted to get out of corporate America. I knew I wanted to do something else. I just didn't know what that would look like. But once I found something that I was passionate about, I think that makes the, the whole difference because all the, the what you can work out later, right? As long as you understand what what draws you to that and why you're passionate about it, you can conquer mountains, right? Um, you, know, you figure out the logistics, you figure out the details. Um, Kara always talks about kind of the path will appear. You know, once you know kind of your why and what you're searching for, then everything else just falls into place because you find a way, you know, or you make a way um, if it's something that's that important to you. Because it's that important to you. Mm-hmm. It, it has to be a why that's like bone deep. Absolutely. And part of my... Part of my, and I'm still, this is called the Beautiful and True Podcast. Part of my hypothesis is that these things that are bone deep are ultimately the things that 
are beautiful and true, mm-hmm. that uplift us and ground us simultaneously. Absolutely. What about this new endeavor feels beautiful to you? What is it that uplifts? Yeah, Jen, honestly, it's everything. <laughs> I know that's so cheesy. <laughs> I think there are a couple of things where I felt like I was not happy with my current career, right? So, you know, traveling and uh, not being present for three of my daughter's first five birthdays, right? So the flexibility, right, is something that was important to me. The um, the ability to know that I'm making a difference. Um, so we have these trips. I was supposed to go to Guatemala last April to meet the women firsthand who we were able to, because of these sales of jewelry, you know, they can feed their kiddos and send them to school. Um, so the, the ability to know that I'm making a difference and see that I'm making a difference and just feel like I'm part of something greater. I've met this sisterhood through this work that these are women that you don't just want to work with. You want to do life with big hearts Mm. and passion and just aligned values. Like it's just, it's indescribable really. As I try to think about like, you know, when I was deciding whether or not to go full time, it was this like trade-off of like, Oh gosh, do I do this? This is kind of a risk or do I not? Right. I had this kind of cush job. And for me, it, it was like, well, what if I don't do this? Then it's even worse, right? What am I going to do alternatively, right? So then I'm going to continue this job that I'm not happy in and do this work that doesn't bring me fulfillment. Like the thought of not doing this is what really propelled me forward to to jump all in because of the sisterhood and the impact and the income possibilities and truly what this meant for our family to be able to walk my kids to school and be the you know field trip mom and all the things that I want to be. Um, really able to create my life in a way that I wanted to. The the flip side, or maybe not a flip side, but the compliment. So that was like the beautiful, the uplifting. What what is it about this that makes you because this I know that I know this was not an easy decision. And we will get into I want to hear about that process as well. But what in this feels really grounding? Like mm-hmm. what gives you peace and calm? Yeah. So I did a lot of personal growth work, Jen, over this past year, I would say. I've been really just latching on to books and podcasts and trainings and really trying to understand myself and grow that confidence and that self-belief that like anything is possible, right? Like how do I remove those limiting beliefs in my life? And I, um, it's going to sound totally cheesy. I went to this like Tony Robbins course, right? This like four day session. Oh, you loved it. I loved every second of it. It was like, I don't know, 16 hour days. It was crazy. It was totally crazy, but it was so fulfilling. And you, you realize the power that you have in creating your life. He talks about not managing your life, but truly creating it. And I don't think I understood that concept um, a year ago. And so the, the ability to really make um, live in a way that you choose and that you create, it's uh it's absolutely beautiful. This is, this is what I'm getting, getting at. And I, I don't, I have yet to listen to any Tony Robbins. I'm sorry. It's on my list. <laughs> Um, I, I confess I haven't like really Tony Robbins. <laughs> totally. That was my belief before. That was my belief before. I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like what in the world? Yes. <laughs> right. But you texted me at the end of that first day and you're like, I'm exhausted, but that was wonderful. <laughs> I was like, okay. Okay. So this, this, was, this cannot have been an easy decision. I know it wasn't. Mm-hmm. When did you first start thinking that maybe this was viable? And, you know, how did your husband react? <laughs> and listeners, if you've been listening for a while, Aaron's husband, Jerry, we I was one of my first guests way back when. He's the photographer and uh, wonderful human being. I, I want to hear all of this story. Like, what was the first 
the first inkling that maybe this could be something you could do? So I've been with Threads for um, just over two years now, and it definitely was not in the beginning, right? I had a whole bunch of stuff I had to get through and get over in terms of like, I'm in sales, I'm in direct sales, like, what does it look like? Like, what? Um, so just mentally kind of accepting this idea that, yeah, I've been like a sales role, right? So that was never originally the intent. And then just over time, the more that I surrounded myself with this community of women, and the more that I saw like how everyone was... Um, supportive of each other and dreaming big and making an impact. And, you know, we met for a conference um, out in Colorado in January. This is when we can all gather, right? Pre-COVID days. And uh, just being around those women, I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I wonder if I could do this, really do this, like, um, you know, for, for full time. And I remember my husband, to your point, you know, bless his heart. He, when I first signed up for this, he like rolled his eyes, right? He's like, oh gosh, what is this? And he just, um, I feel, and to his credit, right, it's a distraction, right? We have two small kiddos, and so our children are now six and three, but at the time, two years younger. And so that's a lot, because that means he would have to pick up more slack at home, and, um, you know, me have to manage a full-time job and a family and launching a business. It's a lot to juggle. But honestly, I would say maybe a year in, I started seeing the benefits of, like, wow, I can't imagine doing anything else. And what happened, what's interesting is that I went from like not really feeling passionate about my day job to like totally disliking it. I remember thinking like, I can't do this. I'm on a conference call and we're debating for 30 minutes, you know, in a marketing conversation, the use of the word the or a, right? For, you know, 30 Mm -hmm. minutes. And then I, I keep thinking in the back of my mind, I could be helping a woman like feed her child. And instead I'm having a conversation, like which of these words should we be using in a piece? And it just, it got to the point where every day, every meeting I was going to was becoming more um, challenging because I felt like it was taking me away from my purpose. It felt like it was really drawing me into like something that was paying the bills and that was important for our life. But it was definitely um, detracting from like who my potential, who I knew I could be and what I knew I could do in this world. And so um, Mm -hmm. I think that Jerry saw that passion and I think he saw the consistency over a solid two years that like, oh, this isn't going to go away. I think originally he thought like, maybe she'll do this for a couple months and then it'll like peter out. And I think that he saw my passion. He met more of our community. He he um, actually did some photography for our company, got some paid photography gigs, gigs. So it was like a win-win for all of our family, really. Um, and he started to become more supportive when he saw how draining it was for me to kind of live this double life in some ways. And um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I'm kind of a type A. So when I broke out the numbers, I showed him the plan, like, this is how we can make it work. And we worked with a financial planner. We like set all these goals and hit these milestones along the way. And I think once I was able to serve up to him, like, this is what's going to happen. And FYI, I'm not going to leave until I know I'm going to be successful. Um, then he got on board and it was so rewarding because we had a call yesterday where he actually said that like he believes in me full heartedly and is so excited for this chapter in our lives. And to go from off do you, are you really going to do that? Like what, what, what is this rolling your eyes to now like loving the vision of the life that we have and that we are starting together. It's just, um, it's really special. Listener, you can't see me, but I'm grinning so big. <laughs> Because the, the what you also can't see is the look on Erin's face as she's telling the story. It's just she's completely lit from within. <laughs> and that's just it's just so beautiful. I remember when you first when we first started talking about this and it, gosh, was it like a year ago? 
Probably. Almost, not quite. And you had a two-year plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you were going to hit hit goals and you were going to, I think, you were going to really launch this full-time in like 2022. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it's 2021. It is. <laughs> so uh, what what escalated that? How did you know that 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 was the right move? Um, I think a couple of factors came into play. Absolutely. This was definitely a blessing and unexpected to launch literally a year ahead of schedule. Like you said, April 2022 was my original goal. And then, um, yeah, my last day was April of this year, 2021. And so I think that there were a couple of things made possible in part by COVID that expedited that. Our company pivoted significantly. We went from 98% of sales in person to doing online business, which opened up kind of nationwide markets. We started offering um, products that were um, just partnering with other small businesses, socially conscious women-led businesses. So extending our product line to support others. And then also working with uh, B2B, you know, business to business operations and working with nonprofits to help them fundraise. So new channels opened up sooner, you know, that wouldn't have been possible, I believe, without COVID, right? COVID, um, I, I think, really fostered innovation for our company, right? We wanted to survive. Who's buying jewelry when they're staying at home, right? It was a challenge. So we had to become creative in how we um, offer value to our customers. And so opening up this new channel expanded my reach and allowed me to not just um, provide women in the, you know, with an opportunity to make an impact, but also partner with businesses and partner with nonprofits who have been struggling during this time a lot too. So it was a win-win in so many, uh, so many ways. I know you said it's the company that did this pivot during COVID. Do you feel like that's something that you do as a human as well? Like uh, if adversity shows up, that you internally go, okay, okay, I know what I want and I know my why. This is blocking it. I'm going to go this way. And Mm -hmm. is that something that comes easily for you? I would say I, through all that work that I've been doing um, on myself in the past year, now it is. I used to see challenges as things that happen to you in life in this negative way, and now I absolutely see them as growth opportunities, right? I, um, I listen to Oprah and others, and they talk a lot about how things in life Sometimes negative things or shutting doors, et cetera, really pushes us in a different direction, right? Like it it forces us to go in a different way than we originally anticipated. And so absolutely, I think that now my mindset has completely shifted from perceiving negative things in life as like, oh, this sucks. I want to quickly get out of the situation and like move on to what is the lesson I'm supposed to be learning here? What is the opportunity that exists? Like what should I be paying attention to and make shifts in my life uh, according to. And and that's definitely something that I I never would have perceived the world in that way a year ago. I mean, I know it's a cliche, you know, when when God closes a door, Mm -hmm. she opens a window. Yes. (laughs) She opens a window. Um, But it seems like, because I've been doing a lot of listening about leadership and entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. and we've had discussions about this. You're kind of my my entrepreneurship buddy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so many of them seem to have that mindset. Yes. That that a challenge or an obstacle is is there to move you in the direction that you're supposed to be going in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe that's not true of everything and maybe it's maybe it's that we as humans find meaning in obstacles and in in hardship, but I don't know, what do you think? 
I think you nailed it, Jen. I think that growth happens through challenge and struggle. I know that I am who I am today as a result of a number of experiences that I've had throughout my life. And I'm sure you are probably similarly, you know, you found the most growth and the most change in those times that you struggled most, you know, thinking back to something, a situation in life where you couldn't imagine, right? Um, something that was so negative and so awful and so difficult for you at that time, you just wanted to like, oh, get over it and be through it. But now some of those have been the biggest blessings in life. You know, I, you know, one simple example, I um, thought I would want to, I thought I wanted to go to graduate school in, uh, out in, Cal- in California, right? I had this like dream of going out there and I applied for the school and I really didn't apply to many others, honestly, because that was like my plan. That was what I was going to do. Psychology, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was a PhD program. And I just knew that's where I wanted to be. That's where I was supposed to go. And um, I remember when the rejection letter came, I was just floored. And I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with my life? This is my plan. I'm not supposed to be in cold, crappy Chicago. I do all these things. And um, I, I can't imagine my life had I gone because you know, my this is where I, I married my husband, Jerry. And where we've come up with this amazing life. And had I gone to California, our relationship never would have gotten off the ground. And, um, you know, sometimes those things in life happen and, and grow you in different ways. And so, um, yeah, I absolutely think things happen in life for a reason. And, and you grew out of that or um, it puts you in a, a direction that, um, that you didn't know you needed to go, but really better serves you. Do you think that it's because when you're in the middle of a challenging situation and, and something and a huge disappointment like that, mm-hmm. it it doesn't feel like a growth opportunity. And I know I know some of my challenging circumstances, uh, you know, bad breakups. I also didn't get into grad school at one point when I wanted to, and I was very relieved as it turns out. But mm-hmm. do you think it's important, even as we're facing those those disappointments and those those griefs, to stay open? to the opportunity that might be presenting? Or do you think you just have to live through it and then look for the next signpost? No, I think what you said the first, and let me be clear, I experience challenges in my life and I'm not always in this like, oh, what do I need to, you know, the serenity place of, you know, what is the gift in this, right? There are definitely times in life when I'm just like, ah, this is frustrating or challenging or hurtful or whatever it is. Um, so I definitely want to acknowledge that that's a real feeling and that is something that you can absolutely experience um, and many of us do experience in those times. I think what has shifted for me is how long I sit in that and to your point of like opening up when you're in that moment to look through. So it can be challenging while you're also looking for what is the lesson, what is the opportunity um, in this particular circumstance. I know that when I was the most stuck, it was because I, I what I couldn't find the opportunity, and maybe maybe I just needed to be stuck for a while mm-hmm. to to end up. Uh, what is that? Is it Anais Nin that we only the the rose only blooms when it's too painful to stay in the bud? Oh, I haven't heard that. Yeah, the idea that staying staying in that tight little bud stuck becomes literally too painful and then we have to blossom. Absolutely. Well, and that's when breakthroughs happen, right? It's not until we get so uncomfortable that we don't want to continue in this circumstance or in this moment or in this way anymore that we create change because change is hard, right? We all, uh, we're humans, we're creatures of habit. And so the idea of change is extremely difficult. So what are you talking about? (laughs) I love, I love change. Change is my favorite. I do it so well. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) 
So I think sometimes it, it I, I believe that perhaps why we have those extreme moments and breakthroughs of change and growth happens is when we're in those particularly difficult or um, challenging situations is because we we have to force ourselves to do things that we don't want to do or that are hard, but we come out on the other end stronger. If you had advice to give for somebody who was in one of those challenging mm-hmm. circumstances right now, mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not talking like well, I suppose I could be, but right now let's let's keep it at the level of moderately challenging, not mm-hmm. like my entire life just crumbled in front of me and you know, mm-hmm. I, the the death of a spouse and you know, really devastating events, but like, you know, your moderate level of challenge. I'm scared to take the next mm-hmm. I'm scared to leap. I'm stuck and I hate it, but I don't know what to do and I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Would you have any words of wisdom for somebody in that position? Yeah. So I think um, I've learned over the past year that really it's important to be proactive on your like mental health and planning and stuff too, right? So a lot of it's like um, kind of training a muscle in, in a way, right? You're, uh, you know, the, Hal, the author of the Miracle Morning talks about, you know, this idea of emotional invincibility, right? So being able to, it's not so much that life happens to us, but we can impact our experiences and how we experience them by how we choose to interpret the world in terms of your emotions, et cetera. And so um, really just starting every every morning, priming yourself, right? And putting yourself into that positive mind space, not just from like telling yourself, oh, life is good, life is good, but like really preparing for, like thinking in gratitude, thinking in, you know, blessings in your life, thinking about times when you've overcome challenges, like really grounding yourself based on past experiences that you've overcome um, and and things that you're grateful for that help to offset some of those negative emotions. I think being proactive in that kind of training of your mind, I guess, if you will. Um, And then also during the moment itself, you know, that realization and remembrance that it is temporary, right? So all things that are good, all things that are bad um, change, right? Change is inevitable in time. And so it's really a matter of understanding um, that this is going to pass, right? And you've heard that quote a million times, I'm sure, that, that there's kind of comfort in knowing it's temporary. And also choosing where you focus, right? So you can focus on the areas that you can't control, right? The things that just drive you nuts, or you can focus on what you can. So if you've got some fear or something around that, like what are the areas that you can take action in to really um, change your circumstances or change the way that you're looking at your circumstances? What are you choosing to focus on and how you can make an impact there? I think those have been some of the things that have really helped me through both understanding when I'm in this situation and also like when I'm trying to get out of something, um, really being mindful of what is within my realm of control Um, And I'm a type A personality. I come from a family that's kind of anxious and, you know, we don't like a lot of change. We don't like these external circumstances. We can sit there and simmer on these things. And so honestly, it's taken a lot of personal growth for me to learn that I can't control everything in life. And so I need to learn to better process how I um, interpret the world and how I can be in control of my emotions and my actions and where I focus. Yeah. You mentioned that uh, it's like training a muscle. Mm -hmm. And I was, I have been thinking about this a lot over the last handful of years that, that it may be really important to start small. Absolutely. Like for somebody who's really, really stuck, just the act of making your bed every morning, there's somebody who's talking about that. And I can't remember the name now, Um, but that you, that you just do that, do that much and do it consistently until it becomes a habit. And then you add another thing that will make you feel a little stronger, a little more in control. 
And then little by little, just like weightlifting, mm-hmm. you know, you might start lifting one pound and then in three months you're lifting three pounds. And then, and does that, you're nodding, that resonates? Absolutely, Jen. I, I think that I used to think about life and creating change in different areas of my life along the big things, right? Like what are the huge things that I need to do that I need to under- overcome? And what I'm learning more and more through books like The Slight Edge or uh, Eat Bad Frog, or there's just a lot of different things, you know, the cornerstone habit that you mentioned of making your bed um, is by Charles Duhigg, one of those um, books on habits. And and really the, the ability to change our lives isn't something that's done with these broad stroke measures, right? We're often recognized in public for the things that we do in private that happen over time. So I've learned it's really about consistency. What are those small habits, those small daily rituals that we can engage in? that don't maybe seem too big, but over time absolutely add up and they um, change who we see ourselves to be, right? So part of it's linking it to your identity, right? If you wanna be healthier in your life, right? You can maybe um, start by adding a piece of lettuce to yourself, right? Like whatever it is, get the vegetable in there, small and small and green. And then over time, um, these these minor uh, improvements really add up to big change over time. Um, And also kind of who you think of yourself as in, in that, those greater benefits. They take a while to get there, but if you stay consistent and make devote yourself to doing change every day, it's absolutely possible. Consistency. Uh, but I think you, you brought up a really great point is that sometimes we think we have to change everything overnight. Mm-hmm. I know I've felt that way. And I know I've heard other people, especially people who are stuck say, well, I just, I just have to completely change my way of thinking about myself. And I need to, I need to, I need to completely reorganize everything in my life. And mm-hmm. yeah, small consistent habits that make us feel stronger, I think, Mm -hmm. stronger and more positive and more open. Mm -hmm. And that belief, Jen, I mean, you've been doing a lot of entrepreneur, um, you know, reading and and podcasts, et cetera, 80% of it's mindset and 20% of it is kind of the the other things that come along with that. So really believing that you can, believing it's possible. So whatever behavior change you're, you're trying to undergo, right? Um, one example I've heard is that people still, you know, I'll, I'll quit smoking for, you know, 30 days and then kind of, you know, go from there. And, and one of the challenges of that is that they don't see themselves as a non-smoker yet, right? So you can right. still kind of like, ah, oh, but once you identify like, no, I'm I'm a non-smoker. Once you decide this is who you're going to be as a person, that link to your identity makes it easier to follow through with your behaviors. Because we as humans, we, we don't like this inconsistent kind of view of who we are as people and then also our actions. And so once you can embody um, kind of what it is that your vision is, like who you are, what are your values, and what is the life that you want to lead, um, then those steps and going in that right direction, when they are aligned with that bigger vision that you have of yourself, it's um, easier to be more consistent and, and make it happen. That's really true. That, And I'm really glad you brought that up. The idea that the identities that we give to ourselves mm-hmm. or that other people have instilled in us that we've bought into. Absolutely. That if those don't match the external efforts that we're making, it's, I don't even know what, it's like dragging, trying to drag a semi behind you as you're making change. Absolutely. Versus you see yourself as this healthier person. Yes. I absolutely drink lots of water every day then, you know, it's, it's easier to, to live those actions. Changing your identity. Not easy. Mm Mm-hmm. Not easy, although it I might recommend be. Tony Robbins. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and you're not actually even suggesting that you change your identity. You're 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 suggesting that you, I think, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. That 
you find the parts of your identity that you value and that really feel good and strong to you. And then you take steps in that direction towards strengthening. And I may be putting, I may be projecting because I'm all about this right now. Yeah, no, I think that you're right on, Jen. And I think maybe one thing I would add to that is this idea of stories, right? We're all kind of the the people that we are, are the stories that we tell ourselves, right? So this like negative self-talk or how you, what words and language you use to describe yourself and your actions, et cetera. Like it's all about kind of, um, you know, what are your limiting beliefs to yourself, right? So if you don't think that you can make this change, then you won't, right? So what is the story? Even if you want it really bad. Yes, yeah. even though you want it, right? I think it's absolutely like, who you believe yourself to be and what are the stories that you're telling yourself because you live in those ways. So I remember talking to you a little bit ago. You were you were on fire about, you know, you're going to quit your job. You're so excited about it. You've done you've done your spreadsheets and all the and you, you know it can be done and and then you set a date for it. Mm-hmm. For the I'm going to turn in my 2 weeks notice. And then I think I'm remembering this right. A few few days after that, maybe a week after that, there was a, just a moment of panic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you hadn't even you hadn't even given your notice yet. You were just you had set a day and you were moving toward it. Will you tell me about that? You know, Jen, I think that um, it's fun to dream, right? And I think I mentioned earlier, not all of us are are really. Um, I didn't dream often, right? In adult life, life happens. You don't always think about how big you can live and it was kind of fun to think about what my future could be like. I can design my schedule. I can make this impact. I can travel globally to see these women and, and, you know, wow, like live this amazing life. And then, um, our bank account got one of our last checks. And as I was thinking in my head, like, you know, as a, uh, a corporate employee, every two weeks you get this like, you know, set dollar amount that goes through your account and, you know, you feel pretty good about that. And I, I realized like, wow, this is the last month that I'm going to have this like full consistent paycheck coming through. And, and little doubt did creep in. And I think anyone who tells you that they're trying to chase a big dream and says that they are completely confident with never any doubt is not telling you the truth. And so um, <laughs> all those moments of like, you know, I feel in my gut that this is what I need to be doing, but what if it doesn't work out? And and what if I'm putting my family at financial risk? I'm the breadwinner and, and do pretty well. And what if I take this leap and it doesn't work out? You know, what, what does that mean for my family? Um, and there definitely was a moment of like, and I didn't want to share that with my husband necessarily because, you know, I didn't want him to have greater doubts as a result of this. But I also was thinking like, wow, what if this doesn't? And I think, um, like I said, anyone who's trying you know, pursuing a dream, et cetera, I think you're going to face that. And, and someone once told me that, you know, really living your dream is that delicate balance between going on the other side of fear, right? Like what are those things that, that scare you? And really um, that's how you know that you're making that right decision is that you're, you're facing those fears that requires courage. And um, I feel like I'm past that now, but there was absolutely a time of like, oh my gosh, is this, am I ready? Can I do this? You know? Yeah. You're not the first person who has mentioned that, that, um, that you, you know, it's probably the right thing if you're almost equal parts excited and terrified. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you're not, the, you're not the first person to have said that. You're not the first person to have said something like that on this podcast. Yes. So there's got to be a real truth to that. Absolutely. Tara Moore actually has a book on it, Playing Big, and she talks about women and how we um, 
a lot of different sources of kind of limiting factors in terms of, you know, us pursuing dreaming big, right, in our life, in our careers, whatever. Um, and in, that, in her book, she talks about the different types of fears, right? The fear of like, um, you know, just kind of the anxiety, worry kind of fear. And then also the fear of being on this precipice of something that we know to be so good and so true and, and worth it and we need to go there. But what if, you know, like, what if it doesn't work out? And, and that's kind of like the good fear. She's got names. I can't remember what they're for. The two different types. And there's like the anxiety stress one versus this the fear of being on the verge of something really great. And what if we as women stepped into that and um, trusted our guts and really knew that that's when we need to move forward with what will bring us happiness? I know that I have personally experienced not just fear of what if it doesn't work out, but fear of what if it does? Yes. What if this turns out to be really great? Yes. That, that can be scary too. <laughs> the fear of success. Absolutely. Yes. That's something really true. And you're not alone in that, Jen. Um, there's actually a psychological principle behind that, that yeah, people are fear of, of fearful of, of it coming true. Right. I've never quite identified what that's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably about change and possibly about increased expectations and increased, mm-hmm. uh, like if you are really successful, then you have to keep delivering on success. Mm-hmm. All of those feel a little off to me, and I haven't put my finger on what it is. So if you know, <laughs> let me know. And dear listener, if you have an <laughs> idea of what that is, please send me an email because I would love to know. And I've been thinking about this a lot. Yes, definitely. Elizabeth Gilbert talks about in, in uh, Big Magic that like that's it, right? She wrote this book, you know, Eat, Pray, Love, that like killed it, right? And so now she's this best-selling author, and so the pressure of continuing to live up to that, I think you're you're onto something of that fear of expectations. Like, what if your best years are behind you? You know, like you did this great thing, but oh, you'll never live up to that again. So the fear of success is ultimately possibly still just a fear of f- future failure. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. All right. Maybe by identifying it, I can, uh, I can live into it a little bit more. (laughs) I have two questions left, I think. And this is just slightly different. It's slightly, it's off topic, but I think it's going to be neat. Tell me about a moment of like beauty that you've experienced in your life that just absolutely stopped you dead in your tracks. Mm -hmm. I love asking people this question. Yeah, I think for me, um, I've been very blessed to marry my my best friend, Jerry, right? And um, to have created this life together. And and there was a moment in time recently when um, I saw him, we were just out in the backyard playing with the kids, and he just had both girls up in his arms, kind of twirling them around. You know, we'd gotten home from work, and he's been working weekends lately, and so we'd just been missing him, and the kids just shouted, daddy, daddy, they run up to him and he's just whirling him around. And I just sat there thinking of like, wow, we have created this beautiful life together. You know, we met in college, we've been great friends and then to experience life for all these years and now create this family that um, we're so grateful for. It was just, that's the stuff that matters in life. And so that particular moment, seeing him, how he has grown into this amazing man and father, I just felt so grateful. It felt really beautiful. Aww. And it's a perfect segue into my next question, which is, <laughs> tell me about the picture you sent. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it for a moment first, because I'm utterly certain that it was this picture posted on his Instagram account mm-hmm. that 
led me to contact Jerry in the first place to be on my on the podcast because it's just so joyful. It's mm-hmm. so beautiful and true. Mm-hmm. And I, when, when you said it to me, I was like, yes, it's one of the, my favorite pictures that I have ever seen ever of anything or wow. anyone. Well, with that set up, tell me what it is. Yeah, I think um, so my husband is blessed with an amazing eye in photography and the way that he sees the world. It's such a gift to see through his eyes, like how he, he views things and particularly our daughters. And so the shot of Michaela, our oldest, just on the beach, right? And she's got her hands up in the hair and she's just got this radiant sunlight on her and the, the, the biggest, um, most amazing smile that you can imagine. And, and like you said, kind of just emulating joy. And I think that um, I, I chose that picture in particular because I think that's what we live for in life, right? Those moments of just complete joy and abundance. And, you know, her, her spirit, her um, just no fear, right? So at that age, you know, she doesn't have any like body issues. She's not self-conscious about anything. She lives in the moment and does what makes her happy. And just the way that she's so outstretched and loving life and you know, my, my parents are in the background as well as my youngest daughter. And so the way that it captures our family, this like lived experience that we get together in my year for the word, my word for the year is soar. And I just love how there's this like sky shot and soaring to reach my dreams. Right. And so um, my family, my daughter and what's going to be possible now with this new adventure ahead for all of us. And so I just felt like that was the perfect picture to show what is beautiful and true in my life in this moment. Mm, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me so happy. Aww. Like I, this picture makes me so, I, I don't even have like the emotional mm-hmm. connection to it and the, the familial connection to it that you do. And it, it still, it radiates such joy that I, I really kind of, this sounds weird, but I would, I would like a print of it to like hang mm-hmm. on my bathroom wall and say, that's my day to day. This is my day. It's so funny that you say that because um, I had that p- the picture printed on canvas and it hangs in my office because I love looking at that. And I love that reminder of that's why I do this work. And and I remember in December, we, you know, we made this decision that I was going to go full time. And I remember having a conversation with my daughter by bedtime. And I remember talking to her and saying to her, you know, I've been working a lot, right? But the day job and the business and family, it's just a lot, right? Doing all the things. We were homeschooling, we had to search for a new nanny, like all this stuff was happening. And I just felt like I was pulled in so many directions. And I remember having a conversation with Michaela and just telling her, you know, pretty soon mom is going to leave one of my jobs and we're going to have more time with family. We're going to have more time together. And I had this discussion with her about dreams. And I just remember talking to her and telling her, you know, you can be anything that you want in this life. And I feel like we all tell our children that. I feel like we all say, yes, believe in yourself, work hard, it happens. But in that moment, I felt so authentic and so true, knowing that I was setting this example for her. Like, not only was I creating my personal dream of being able to spend more time with family and making an impact in the world, but I was also showing her, like, really showing her what it means to identify your passion and pursue that and believe in yourself and know it's possible. And so um, just that picture, I feel like captures that like confidence and that belief that she can pursue her dreams and, and make what she wants out of this life. I think I know what I'm going to call your episode. What's that? I think I'm going to title it dream big work small. I love that, Jen. Because your bit, your dreams are huge, and you, 
and they're like all encompassing. But when you get down to it, you like make the Facebook post every day. You you make the spreadsheet. You you do the the little you you work on your mindset mm-hmm. a little bit every day. The small consistent things, mm-hmm. and that is what is that is what is allowing you to be able to pursue the big dreams. Mm-hmm. Jen, I love that. And that is so true. There is a song, Michael Franti has got, um, is it Think Big, Dreams, Dream Big, Think Small, something like exactly that, what you're saying. And that song is so powerful. It, 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 he's such an amazing artist. You should check that song out. And I don't know if you link, if you ever do music or whatever um, with the podcast and stuff, but that is a song that, um, that exactly captures what you just said. I wonder if you sent it to me and that's what made me think of it. And I just didn't remember because my memory is Swiss cheese sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) That's, and and you're right, Jen, that's the balance. That's what we need, right? We need to think, we need to dream big and also break that down into these small digestible chunks. Like I have this planner, this cultivate what matters planner. It's a women led business. And and really you, um, I love it because you talk about the different areas of your life. There's like, I don't know, eight areas or something, you know, your finance, your relationships, your career, whatever. And you, you, you identify, you visualize, you go through this whole values exercise of who you are as a person, what's important to you, et cetera, what you want your life to look like. And then you break it down by quarters. Okay. So January, February, March, like this is what I need to do. These are the action steps I need to take. You get little progress checkers and stickers and all that good stuff. It makes you feel good on the day to day. Like, oh, I did the thing, right? <laughs> but ultimately maps up to like the bigger dream ahead for that area of your life. Yeah. I had a, a, a kind of a similar journal. It didn't have stickers, alas. <laughs> but stickers are powerful, Jen. They make a big difference. <laughs> little things little 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 rewards no it's so true and i so now i'm thinking about this in terms of like beautiful and true Mm -hmm. because the you know the the beauty is the the big dream Mm -hmm. that's the thing that uplifts us and and keeps us moving forward and and up but the the work the work small is is the grounding it has to be Mm -hmm. big dreams with no grounding in reality Mm -hmm. but don't go anywhere totally oh i'm so happy erin I love it. I love it when things come together. Yes, yes, yes. And I feel like I just made a a, a connection of of how this literally of how this all goes together. And I thank you for that. Thank you, Jen. This has been an amazing experience. And I just I love what you do. I'm so grateful for you pursuing your passion and you encouraging me along this journey. Like I just um, I don't know this this moment in life just feels so special. And um, yeah, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for you. A huge thank you to Erin for taking the time to talk with me right as her business was launching. I'm so excited for her and for the passion with which she's undertaking this new adventure. If you're interested in learning more about Erin and Threads, you've got two options. One is to head to her business website, which is www.threadsworldwide.com slash Erin That's threads, like the threads in a sweater or a, a blanket. And worldwide, it's like global. So threadsworldwide.com slash Erin E-R-I-N-A-T-T-E-R-E. So that's her business website. Or... And I do recommend this option. 
If you're on Facebook, ask to join her group. It's Erin's Threads Worldwide. It is a private group because the internet can be a horrible place sometimes, and she regularly posts personal stories about her family and her children, and she asks interesting questions about empowerment and joy and community that can get a little, well, personal. So she keeps it private. I'm usually pretty skeptical about groups like this, but I really enjoy it, and I think you might too. So on Facebook, it's Erin's Threads Worldwide. The Beautiful and True Project is sponsored by Rachel Angus Fitness. You may have heard the episode with Rachel a few weeks ago, in which case you already know how great she is. But if not, let me tell you a story, one she hasn't even heard yet. I went on a backpacking trip last week. A strenuous, gorgeous, up-and-down, eight-mile hike to camp, and then a truly grueling but wonderful four miles back to the car the next morning. With a 30-pound pack on my back, and I'm already not the lightest of individuals. It was tough. But because of my work with her, because I am strong and fit and as flexible as I get, not only did it not kill me, I loved the challenge. And the only thing really sore the next day were my ankles, from having to scramble up and down steep slopes with gnarled roots. I said it was tough. If that little story sparked something inside you, check out rachelangusfitness.com. That's Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L, Angus, like the steak, fitness.com. And if you sign up for any service, use the code BEAUTIFUL20 for 20% off. If you give it a try, I get a referral discount on my own workouts. Again, that's rachelangusfitness.com and use the code BEAUTIFUL20 for 20% off. And now for a pitch of my own. I very much hope that you're finding inspiration and encouragement in these conversations. And if you're still listening, I suspect you might be. If that's the case, I would love your support in a couple of ways. If you can, I would love you to become a patron on Patreon. A monthly contribution of even $1 per episode goes a long way to helping me keep bringing you these conversations. But wait, there's more. A contribution of any level will get you access to a regular newsletter, in which I'll give you stories from all over that are beautiful and true and inspiring and encouraging. Plus, I'll be posting a terrible drawing done by yours truly of a moment from each episode. I promise you that I am a rotten visual artist, especially when it comes to drawing people. (laughs) These drawings will be laughably bad and hopefully quite entertaining. So you can go to patreon.com and search for The Beautiful and True Project, or for Jennifer Cox. I would be very honored and grateful. But you're also welcome to donate to the project on my website, beautiful-true.com. Like I said, even $1 per episode helps a lot. But there are other ways to get involved that that involves $0. If you are finding inspiration or encouragement in these conversations, please tell even one friend about them or post a link to your favorite episode on social media. These stories are worth hearing, and I need your help to get the word out. All right, pitch over. As always, I thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me. And I hope that each and every one of you is finding ways to create a life of your own that is full of meaning and purpose and joy. Talk to you next time.